Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Filmwork Podcast. Ben Pegley is here with me this week. Hello, Ben. Welcome back. Hello, mate. How are you? Where have you been? I've been <laughs> on my own for way too long. I know. I've been in music land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to do a film club this week, and the film we have picked is Beautiful Girls from 1996. Um, I didn't see this at the cinema, did you? No, no, no. This no, was, was definitely a... a video job. Yep. And, uh, I mean, this one's got a hell of a, a cast. Uh, you know, Matt Dillon, uh, Timothy Hutton, uh, Martha Plimpton, Natalie Portman in a, a sort of role post-Leon, but, you know, she's still a teenager. She's, what, like about 14, 15 at the time here? Something I like think. that. Uh, Michael Rappaport, Mira Savino, Uma Thurman, and so many more. But the, uh, the two things that actually attracted me to this film was, one, the director, uh, Ted Demi, mm-hmm. who... Had, has done a bunch of stuff that I really like. He, he actually did quite a lot of films with um, Dennis Leary early yeah. on in his film career in the 90s. But uh, I, was, I was impressed with him. He sadly died at the age of 39. Um, oh, yeah. I think the last film he made was Blow uh, with uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny which, Depp, Which yeah. is pretty damn good. I like that film a lot. But uh, he's yeah. also known for being the brother of uh, Jonathan Demme, who Day, did yeah. uh, Sons of Lambs. So right. there was him, but there was also the writer, Scott Rosenberg, who had done quite a lot of uh, uh, sort of decent film scripts around about this time. The first one that I noticed was uh, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, mm. which uh, Droney and I did a film club on uh, a couple of years back. He, uh, he then actually did this film, but, uh, and I kept note of his name because the Con Air came up the year after and I really enjoyed that. And uh, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, I remember being the sort of last one that I deliberately went out to see with his name on it. He he was very good at writing scripts for really large ensemble casts. And Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, Beautiful Girls, Con Air, um, Gone in 60 Seconds. It doesn't matter if if, if there are dramas or uh, um, uh, action movies. They've all got a huge amount of characters uh, with a lot to say in each of the scripts and I really enjoyed them um, maybe up until a, the point of Gone in 60 Seconds because I don't actually like that film <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think that's why I dropped the ball yeah I, I didn't mind that actually but um, but I haven't watched it since the time you know I saw oh, really? it on Netflix yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so no, I'm, I'm not sure how it would play now no, but um, yeah, hey, you know, a, a film for petrol heads, I guess, goes a little bit over the top with some of the action um, and what have yeah. you. But um, this is a drama, so we should really focus on this one. Uh, a, fairly, a fairly sort of straightforward drama about um, a guy who comes back to his hometown and uh, he's been living away working as a musician. The guy's played by Timothy Hutton. And it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, coming back for the... Um, uh, sort of the high school reunion type thing, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, so his old buddies played by the likes of Matt Dillon, uh, Noah Emmerich, uh, and Michael Rappaport, who the, you know he all sort of hooks up with. And it's basically where each of those people are in their lives, uh, in particular with where they are with their love lives. Yeah. Some of them are, like Matt Dillon is pretty much the, the high school um, uh, dream boat that all the ladies loved and he was you know popular back in school and now he's just shoveling sh- uh, snow but he's also has a pretty girlfriend but is also cheating on her with someone else uh, who happens to be a married woman who is uh, Lauren Holly's character and then That's you've right. got Michael Rappaport who has been dumped for being a bit of a loser and can't let go of the uh, girlfriend that he uh, did have which was uh, a lady played by Martha Plimpton 
and uh, Timothy Hutton's character, who's the one who's come back into town, he doesn't know, he's in a relationship, but he doesn't quite know where he wants to go with it sort of thing. So it's all about a bunch of guys in their late 20s, I guess, just not knowing what they want and what to do, etc. That's right. <laughs> uh, kind of, sort of in a nutshell. But you also get to see um, uh, plenty of voices coming from the, the, the female perspective um, and, and, and where, how they view men. But it's pretty much a, a lot about how men view women. Uh, even when you get uh, Uma Thurman's character, who is like, uh, you know, the, the friend of a friend who's visiting in town and their jaws all j- drop when they meet her and at least yeah. half of them have a crack at her while she's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, so uh, yeah, quite a lot going on dramatically. Anything about this film sort of stand out for you when you first saw it? Um, it's one of these. There, there's a bunch of films that I can sort of um, point to from that sort of era. Um, when I had, uh, I guess it was probably when I was um, had my studio at home with my father, and, and we had uh, Sky. And I used to catch various things, and there was a few films that just really sort of just I just caught one night, you know, and watched, mm. and um, and this was one of them. Uh, another one was was the Jeff Bridges film Fearless. I remember seeing that and and just being totally right. blown away by it. And I and I to quote another Jeff Bridges film, um, but um, mm-hmm. and and have never watched it since because I didn't want to ruin it for myself because I had such a great time with it. But Beautiful Girls is is one of those ones which I just sort of uh, discovered on TV one night and. Yeah. Um, and just thought it it was one of those um just really effective charming comedy dramedies if if you like yeah. you know um yeah and and just found it uh i really liked the um you know the dialogue and the the situation this this whole idea that I'm, i think when i saw it I, maybe i related to it a little bit i was kind of in my mid 20s at the time when it came out um so maybe a little bit older than that when i saw it and it kind of was relatable. I, I found the whole um, dynamic with um, Hutton and um, uh, Natalie Portman's yeah. character. Um, you know, it's really interesting. This whole idea of this kind of, you know, him being in the at this kind of crossroads of his life and meeting this extremely charming. Uh, girl who's obviously too young for him, and and and, <laughs> but but he is kind of extremely sort of, um, you know, backfooted by the kind of how charming she is and how how much he sort of, you know, if she was ten years older would would be mm. totally into it, you know, and and all that kind of thing. And yeah. It's it's it was a weird kind of quite a brave thing to sort of try and depict without get, being creepy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and and they hit that nail on the head as well when he's explaining to a friend of of his just how envious he is. Of her and and literally says out loud, you know, I, I could wait, <laughs> mm. I could wait several years, and the guy has yeah. to point out to him, you know, how just how creepy that thought is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this and like you said, this the, the I thought the the writing I I, I loved his um, yeah when he uh, gives her the analogy, the Christopher Robin analogy in Pooh Bear, you know, and this oh, yeah. whole thing when she's ice skating. I just think it's it's, it's so charming, you know. It's, yeah. I think they handled it very well in terms of something that could have actually been a little bit kind of they just they could have got it wrong, you know, the the, the kind of the tone of it, yeah, because um, it's obviously a sort of a, 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 a fragile area, you know, this sort of fifteen-year-old girl, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't but, yeah. know who Timothy Hutton was, I don't think, at the time. He'd not done mm. a, a lot that was on my radar. And I remember looking him up at the time 
and uh, discovering that he was an Oscar winner. He'd, he'd won an Oscar at the age of 10 or something like that. He was, mm. I think, the youngest male to win an Oscar. I think Anna Paquin was the youngest female for the piano, but Timothy Hutton, I think the film was Ordinary, Ordinary People. People or something, yeah, yeah. Uh, a long mm. time ago. So um, this is him as an adult now, and I've seen him in a couple of films uh, since. I know he did a, a George Romero, Stephen King movie um, in the 90s called The Dark Half that sort of came and went. That's right. But... Uh, yeah. yeah, this was well, the first the... first thing I ever saw him in that I can remember was a film I've mentioned uh, um, a couple of times actually. Um, it was Turk One Eighty Two, which I don't really know why. I, 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 you know what? I think what happened with Turk One Eighty Two was that I I saw it. You know how you used to get the trailers at the beginning of videos when you used to get them out of the oh, shop, yeah. and I saw the trailer for it on something else that I got out of the video shop, and I kept seeing it for uh, some, oh, yeah. in this trailer, and, I, and and in the end, I just I just went and rented it. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes was, they haunt you, don't they? Yeah. Even if, yeah. You don't, if, if you don't necessarily want to see it, you just have to get it out of your goddamn system. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> it, and, it, and it ended up it was him and Robert Urich and Kim Cattrall and stuff, and it was it's good, you know, it's good. I enjoyed it, but I haven't again. I haven't seen that since back in the day either. So you know, who knows? Probably well, no shit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I thought he was uh, certainly an engaging uh, uh, center of of this group yeah. of guys. Um, yes. Yeah. Definitely, it was very, very easy to sort of sympathise with that and uh, and sort of hear his case. And then when his girlfriend does show up, you kind of, you know, I think uh, you do kind of think, "What's your problem?" Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with yeah. her at all. <laughs> well, I li- I liked the fact that he had, you know, he he's going back to the the the, the small home, you know, town, uh, and uh, and you know, all all the friends are you know either business owners or kind of you know, you've got Matt D- Dillon's character who's obviously the heartthrob, but maybe mm. you know not too bright, but you know, and then you've got the the Michael Rappaport, who's you know they ha- you have all these kind of character archetypes, and he he has this sort of um, a slightly more intellectual or a more a more sort of um, highbrow, you know, um, slightly more highbrow kind of bent, but but is friends with all these guys, you know, so yeah. I, I I you know so he has this kind of slight slight aloofness about him, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, which I know, which I like the way Uma Thurman's character kind of latches on to immediately, you know, yeah. but she's not available. You know, I, I like that aspect of it as well. The mm-hmm. fact that, you know, she, she's happy, you know, and so her kind of, um, the dynamic with her character, I think is, is great. Cause she could have so easily have been just a, you know, a, a thing for them to lust over and, and yeah. maybe one of them bed, you know, yeah. it, it, um, <laughs> it so could have easily been written that way, but yeah. I like the way that the fact that they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the uh, yeah no, it, it's nice that the, um, the different sort of the way that he even plays off of uh, the different friends that he's got because you can tell mm. that he's he's uh, he's got a very different sort of friendship that he has with Matt Dillon's character than he has with Michael Rappaport because Mark, Michael Rappaport is just the mouthy one, um, yeah. whoever whoever he's with, and will yeah. argue uh, uh, you know, but I mean it's good to have him in other people's faces because he can you know, raise issues about them because he's quite blunt about it. You know, mm. he'll say things to Timothy Hutton's character that Matt Dillon's character wouldn't necessarily. Um, in fact, even while we were talking about um, Natalie Portman, when Timothy Hutton is in Michael Rappaport's bedroom and he's telling him that he should take all the, uh, you know, all the pictures down of all the women he's got up in his walls yeah. and, that, and that it's creepy, you know, Rappaport's character just basically calls straight back out to him. Well, look who's talking, Mr. Jerry Lee Lewis. Because <laughs> he's, yeah, he's right, heard yeah. down the grapevine that he likes to, that, that this girl's, you know, who's only 14 years old. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, Michael Rappaport is, is a guy that either works for me in a film or he really doesn't. And I think this is mm. one of the few films where I think he's pretty solid. Um, yes. 
The only thing I mean, because uh, he gets to do, give the big, beautiful girl speech. You know what a beautiful girl is to him, uh, anyway, mm. or what he thinks that a beautiful girl is to men in general. Um, it, literally in that scene when he's talking about why it is that he has uh, has them on his wall, uh, and I've bitched about this, I think, to you actually before when I was mentioning Michael Rappaport. The only thing that bugs me about him is that he throws his arms around like a rapper when he's talking, yeah. and he does that a lot in this scene. Mm. Um, but I guess it sort of works. But um, he, how do you feel about he's his one. Character? Well, yeah, he's he. I guess he's the most overtly, um, or he's the most extrovertly uh, comic character yeah. i mean i think i think um the guy who was always wearing the hat with the tash um yeah max perlis character he's a, yeah, a jonathan demi staple he's John- in all these films yeah i i think he is under understated and funny but yeah but but Mark rapaport is the sort of extrovert and yeah you're right he, i mean he always he always plays that guy you know what yeah. one version or another of that guy you know is always Rappaport's deal in it and um and like yeah. you say it, it either works or it doesn't um you know um you know i i i quite liked him in uh shit what was it deep blue um, sea <laughs> no 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 i liked um, him in copland true romance i think all uh, oh, right yeah uh, yeah you know he cuz he's the same kind of guy but but a little bit more chilled in that but you know yeah copland again yeah i said i didn't like him so much in copland because i, I didn't, again i didn't really I, I i didn't like his character that much but um mm. but you know that maybe that's the point but you know anyway but yeah he is one of those kind of guys but um yeah i i i liked his uh, there there was a few exchanges between him and Hutton that were that that seemed um almost too kind of brazenly them playing for laughs to each other there's one in particular where they're literally face to face and sort of sticking their chins out and you know, <laughs> you know and it's like that looks like an outtake you know that looks like them just really trying to make each other laugh you know, um, <laughs> but it made the cut. You know, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, Rappaport and Perlick's character that actually pull Hutton's character into a game of rating women out of ten. That's what right. Was it yeah. Bo- body, face, and personality? Yeah. Face, face, body, personality. <laughs> and yeah. at first of all, he's like, "I'm not doing that," but then they they rope him in uh, into doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and, and his missus is his missus is a good solid seven and a half on everything. On she? everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like the way they have to sort of set the baseline thing. He's yeah. like, okay, you know, so you know, they they give him examples of girls they all know, <laughs> and he goes, okay, you know, uh, face three, body four. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but but Rappaport uh, is trying to get back with his uh, girlfriend, uh, ex girlfriend, uh, Martha Plimpton's character Jan. Mm-hmm. Um, and and never does, which is good. No. I mean, I mean that's the point that that he never does. He has to let go. How did you uh, feel about that sort of plot line and how it resolved? Um, I quite, I, I thought again. I thought it was quite charming. This this fact mm. that he sort of shoves the snow up against her couch every day <laughs> <laughs> just to piss her off, yeah. and then that and then that last time he's sort of in tears and he's clear. He clears her drive for yeah. it, doesn't it? Sort of three in the morning or whatever. Yeah, and um, and she sees him out the window. Um, so there's a sort of ray of hope there, but um. Yeah, I mean it's it, it was cool. I, I think um, I quite like. I always liked Martha Plimpton, um, and I mm. sort of you know she's she's such an interesting um, actress. How she you know her her sort of delivery, her style, and I, and I I think she's a bit underused. Unfortunately, the character. I don't. I think she gets enough time. Um, 
I mean, it's the nature of an ensemble thing, I know. But but I think, you know, another ensemble thing that I really liked her in was Parenthood with Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. Um, a bit before this. And um, and she was just excellent in, in that, I thought. You know, I mean, I thought everyone was great in that. But, but yeah, I, I, I you know, I like that whole thing. I mean, I, like, I, this, I think one of the things I quite like about this film in general is the fact that, um, you know, there's quite a few... Um, Show, I, I don't want to say tropes, but I'm not really don't really mean tropes. But there's there's quite a few sort of um, areas where you could expect the writing to have gone a different way, mm. and it and it doesn't. And and the guys all seem to kind of you know at least be on the way to sorting their shit out at the end, which is it's it's almost a little bit um, love actually about it. You know, in terms of it's a bit sort of like no no one ends the film truly fucked up, do they? Um, no. Apart from Matt did. <laughs> <laughs> but even that is kind of he seems to have um figured out that uh Lauren Holly's uh character's no good, you know. That that scene in the in the um at the reunion where the the fat guy comes up to her and course says she was as mean as a snake yeah. and makes her sort of stop and re examine herself. Yeah. Um Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. That's, I, I, that's I, what it's like a reunion that no one gets to except her. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Rosie O'Donnell gets a little uh, standout scene. Yeah. Uh, gets to have a little bitch about men. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is quite interesting and amusing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. I, I love Duma Thurman as well. I mean, I, I had, I know, I know, uh, you know, the blondes are not your thing. So, but so I'm, I'm you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, uh, uh, you know, shouting at the a brick wall with you. But, but I, I used to absolutely adore her, and and this was a film that um, I, uh, she just, she was so cool in this. You know, her character was just really cool, and I loved her. Uh, just how she's, I don't know how she looked then, and you know, she's good. I, 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 I watch watching it uh, for uh, in the run up for this. I. I I just loved every moment she was on the screen in terms of her facial expressions and now she's her characters, you know, she's cool and she's kind of, you know, just how she handles the the guys, you know. Um, yeah. Which again I just thought was was some good writing, you know, cuz she could have easily been, you know, so much sort of more two-dimensional and 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 written by a guy like, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, but again, half of them, you know, again take it too far because Paul, uh, the ca- Michael Rappaport's character, you know, seeks her help in making yeah. his ex jealous, and she goes along with that. But once she yeah. figures out why they're they're out together, that that he's trying to make someone jealous, so she goes, okay, let's do this, and then he takes it too far by trying to give her a kiss, mm-hmm. um, and then that leads on to her uh, sort of ice fishing with uh, <laughs> um. um uh, Timothy Hutton's character, and again, that mm. goes slightly too far because he does kind of, you know, he makes a pass at her in there, even though he's he's in, in much more charming than mm-hmm. uh, the character of Paul. Um, so then she has a little uh, when she's on the way back home, uh, has a quick sort of uh, chat with Matt Dillon as he passes by, and then she's mm. gone. She's out of the film. Mm. You know, she was sort of there and then gone. You know, in a flash. Um, yeah. do, do you think they needed her in that third act, or that it was important that she leave? I think she was. I think I think it was good that she went, and I liked the fact that see what I thought was very effective about about the way they did that whole scene with him uh, playing the piano with her and then going ice fishing was that was was this idea of of they get the 
they get the bullshit and pretense out of the way. He makes That's his right. pass at her. In fact, he makes two passes at her, mm-hmm. and 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 then once that's out of the way, then they can talk to each other as people, you know, and, yeah. and, and she, that they then have a very decent conversation that, that certainly gets him thinking about, you know, his, um, his partner you yeah. know, in the sort of way that, that is, that helps him kind of find, uh, you know, what, what he needs to know. And, and I thought that was lovely. I thought that was great, you know, and, and just the way they did it, you know, this kind of idea of, you know, you could tell he was. I mean, you know, they make no um, attempt to mask the fact that he's still totally into her. You yeah. know, but he's kind of, you know, it's just one of those. I don't know. I just thought it was really nicely toned. You know, it was a nice. And I don't mind the fact that she's she's now kind of you know leaves. She gives a, gives Dylan a bit of um, you know of of a you know. Uh, not a talking. She's. I mean, it's not. I mean, you know, that that little scene with them as well. I thought it was quite good. You know, and um, yeah. and yeah, then she's gone. That's fine. I, I think that's okay because you know the rest of them then need to sort their shit out in the third act and and get to where they're going. Yeah. So it's fine. You know. Uh, yeah, Matt Dillon takes a bit of a beating. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even though he's he's pulled out of going to the whole reunion experience. Yeah. Um, and at that point, he has already said to the. Uh, the mother in question that he's sleeping with, um, that, you know, it's wrong and that they shouldn't do it anymore because, uh, and, and leaves her, but she, she hasn't let it go. But then he runs into the, uh, her husband, mm. uh, which is that the husband runs into him and then him and his three mates, uh, have a crack at him outside. Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so it takes a bit of a beating for him to sort of, uh, come round. um, but uh, yeah, no, but it is interesting, just all the, the different dynamics going, and even all the little background characters, you know, um, uh, some of the male characters there and the female characters, just with the way that they're interacting with these guys and what they've all got mm-hmm. to say about this, that and the other. Um, yeah, and it does sort of wrap up nice and neatly as um, Timothy Hutton's character sort of leaves town again, but with uh, his uh, girlfriend who, who has shown up. Yeah. Um, apparently for only one night and then off they go together so yeah it, it, it was all very hopeful um, but uh, but no less fun no. Uh, yeah no it's one that I come back to uh, quite a bit um, and uh, uh, I was reminded of it again recently when I was listening to uh, Dave uh, David A. Stewart's uh, autobiography because he did the uh, soundtrack uh, for yes the- that's right he did yeah yeah, yeah. So, and um, the uh, yeah, indeed he did, and uh, yes, there was some good um, good jukebox stuff happening in that in it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's. I mean, you got. We haven't mentioned him yet, but oh, David Arquette as the <laughs> the brother, <laughs> Willie's brother. <laughs> you know, and and the dad. Oh my God, the dad. Yeah, you know, was really excellent. Yeah, you, know, you just go. That was. He's really uh, he, he's another uh, <laughs> uh, Ted Demi staple. The guy that plays the dad. Um, yeah. yeah, he was Dennis Leary's partner in uh, The Ref or Hostile Hostages, uh, whatever it's called over here. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the old guy. But yeah, but but you see them perking up, don't don't you? The moment yeah. that this woman comes into their lives, Tracy, uh, with yeah, his girlfriend. She comes yeah, yeah. Um, that's really just... excellent, Tracy. <laughs> 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
because um, they're very awkward, aren't they? The dynamic's quite awkward when when he first arrives and he's like, yeah, the, the dad. I mean, my, he says some, he said the thing that my dad has said a number you of times. Want to watch some TV? No, well, yeah, the <laughs> one to watch some golf. Actually, my dad golf. said that a million times. But but um, no, the whole thing where, where you walk in the door with baggage and he goes, oh, when do you get in town? And he goes, uh, sort of just now, <laughs> you know, like like right now, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, but they're, but they're very awkward, aren't they? They have a sort of awkward dynamic. Yeah, because the the mum hasn't been uh, around for uh, for some time. Yeah, yeah. so the, the, they're mi- they're missing something, you know, as part of that family unit. And yeah, it's mm. amusing to see that that just sort. Of, and they, they don't explain it; it just sort of happens. You, you could, so you just see it as the as the uh, as the audience member going, "All oh, right, they've, they've sprung to life now that there's a woman in the house." That's um, right. Th- yeah. Things were a bit more warm because the guys don't know how to communicate properly. Because even no. the, the, the father son. Uh, relationship, as you've just said, is stilted. And then with the brother as well, it's like, hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm all right, fine. Yeah, yeah all right. excuse me, I've yeah. got to go take a dump. Take a, take a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I tell you what, I did like. I do. I do wonder whether it was a um, uh, uh, hmm. uh, uh, an ad lib or not. Was the whole thing when 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 she turns up, when Tracy turns up, hmm. and they're having the uh, the sort of night. Um, they're having a sort of get together or whatever, and the the girls are talking and they and they say that they talk about her being mistaken for Ali Sheedy, oh, right? From the Breakfast Club, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, she does look a bit like Ali Sheedy. And I, and I was thinking, I wonder if that actress, um, uh, Annabeth Gish, like, I wonder if she like does get did get that, you know, because she was very much that kind of um, yeah. Of a look, you know. <laughs> Although probably better looking than um, Annie Sheedy, but she's in anyway. a terrific film that was around about at this time called um, what was it called? Ah, um, oh, uh, the Last Supper. Did you ever see that? Oh, yeah. About the five no. uh, college students that invite people over to dinner and then they poison them if they don't like them. All oh, right, no, I haven't seen that. You haven't. It's her, no. uh, a couple of guys that I'm not familiar with, and um, Cameron Diaz is, is the big name out of the five of them. So this is sort of slightly after she'd done The Mask with Jim Carrey, so she was sort of on the rise. Um, But the supporting cast of that, all the people, basically because it's basically whether they agree with people's politics or not, would the world be a better place without them? Um, is what they decide, and if they don't, they give them poisoned wine to kill them. Mm, right, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and it all comes about by accident because basically one of them gets a lift home by a character played by Bill Paxton, and Bill Paxton is a is a bit of a redneck piece of shit, and uh, things turn quite nasty, and they end up killing him. Uh, in self-defense, mm. and it's from that killing that they go. Well, actually, look, we've, we've potentially ridded the world of uh, uh, someone who's no good. Uh, shall we continue to do mm. that? And it's basically the cast list of people that come in um, that they do away with. You know, including the likes of uh, Mark Harmon, um, uh, Ron mm. Perlman is another one. Is, is like the main one that they get at the end. So it's basically, it's. It, I mean, it's obviously, it's a, it's a severely, severely black comedy. But it's really, really, really good in concept. Um, oh man, yeah. why have I not thought about that one before for a film club? Um, well, let's, remember, let's try and get hold of it. We'll try, try and get it your way because I think you'd enjoy yeah. watching it. It's uh, it's a superb little film. Anyway, uh, she's in that because uh, you get to see the dynamics of them, how, how they start, and then how they are at the end of the film. Things kind of kind of flip. Um, mm. But back to this one. Uh, any other scenes in particular you wanted to uh, point out that you you enjoyed uh, in particular, or have we pretty much uh, skimmed over it all? Um, not. I mean, not particularly. I, I like. I've just. I mean, yeah. everything with him and Portman, with Hutton and Portman, I think is is yeah. just very touching. It's very charming, you know. And um, 
I like this. She, you know, she just plays this, you know, this girl who realizes she's too young, but kind of, you know, she knows that she's got to kind of go through the motions of doing the skating and the sledging and doing all the kind of truck kid stuff for a bit longer, you know, but she's kind of like she's her mm. character says she's, she's an old soul, you know, and um, I, I she is. did that very well. It, the the funny thing is about about it is that you know this this film is another one of those examples of of the young Natalie Portman just really impressing me in a way that the current Natalie Portman doesn't ever seem to be able to do it's just no, really right. weird you know yeah. uh, and i don't know whether it's the star wars thing that just ruined it <laughs> ruined her for me or what i don't know but no, uh, I, but I it just be the same now that you've mentioned that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't know. I every time I see like you know, obviously with Leon and with this, um, and it wasn't long. After, I mean, this was you know, episode one was only a couple of years after this, wasn't it? Three years after this, um, but it just seems like is it that that's the actress that I think is just amazing. Yeah, not the now yeah. viceroy. We will dis- we will discuss. Yeah, a new well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <God>. yes. <laughs> But no, it's a great it's a great ensemble film. It's 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 you know I really enjoyed catching up with it again, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely worth a watch. I just seen ma- it for sure. I just managed to solve something that bugs me every time I see this film, um, mm-hmm. and I was just looking on the because uh, 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 I've never looked it up before, and I have done now, and it is actually uh, there's a band that appears halfway through the film when um, Uma Thurman gets taken out by uh, Michael Rapaport. Um, Let me guess. It, go on. Let me guess what you're about to say. Go is, on. Is it? Because right, I thought I noticed something as well. So, all right, you say it first, and then I'll you know, tell me oh, what you've no, what It's you... a band that I think are shit, and I can't stand ah. them. And the way that okay. the guy sings, because um, the, the camera spends a lot of time on this singer, and it turns out that the he was a friend of the director, so that's why they're so prominent in this scene. Um, right. But it, it's the Afghan wigs, which I had heard of. But I never mm-hmm. knew it was them. So now I know who the Afghan wigs are, and I can't fucking stand them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just this, the, the two songs that they played, that, you know, the heavy one when you first see them, and then the, the one that they play when it, when it slows down a bit. Just, uh, yeah, no, no, not my thing. Yeah, they, they weren't anyway, good, were they? It's, no. it's just one of those things no. where you... No, just one of those things where you just go, oh, God, I hate that band. Get off. Um, get the camera off. <laughs> Do you think that's yeah. a thing? Whenever oh. you're watching a film... Because I remember, you know, there's another band that stands out to me every time I see a film, and they've got nothing to do with the plot. They're just there playing in the background. But the the, the director has clearly shot a lot of close-up footage of, of the singer and stuff. But a little bit, but you get a little bit more than you probably should have, considering the film that you're mm-hmm. in. And that's another 48 hours when Nick Nolte goes to a bar. He ends up in a bar fight in the, in the sequel um, with uh, you know. It's when Eddie Murphy, you know pulls the gun out and goes, you know, knock that shit off. You know, this man's here to help, help me sort out my day. The band that are playing in the yeah. background in that scene get way too much coverage. And I wonder if they're mates of Walter Hills. And that's yeah, why probably. they get too or, much coverage. Yeah, um, probably. It's a bit like, I, I could I could never, I always used to, like, back in the day, my, um, my wife used to like um, watching uh, Ali McBeal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they they would always. I mean, I, I didn't mind the show. It was okay. It was the show was okay. But they used to go to this bar or club or whatever it was, and and, it, and this this Vonda Shepherd, uh, woman, girl was always singing. You know, yeah. Always like it, like it just seemed like every episode there'd be a Vonda Shepherd moment. You know, and cool. um, 
And I think, what what's the deal there? You know, what what's happened there with, with this artist always being in this freaking club? You know, <laughs> you know it's really annoying. Uh, I have no idea. I've never looked it up. What what the deal was with it? But it's obviously something because she was, you know, like like really very very noticeable a lot yeah. of the time in that program. <laughs> yeah. Yes, oh, I'm gonna pick up on these things. Uh, Scott yeah. Rosenberg. It, it might be worth mentioning is his latest work will be uh, contributing towards the script of the Jumanji remake starring The Rock and Kevin Hart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh dear, <laughs> falling on hard times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, maybe it'll be good. <clears throat> but yeah. uh, I, I mm. certainly do recommend uh, a lot of uh, Ted Demi stuff if uh, people want to mm. go back. Uh, so Even some of the uh, sort of straight to uh, video stuff that we got here in the UK is pretty damn good. Um, he, he did, like I said, he did quite a few with Dennis Leary. Starting off, because he uh, covered his uh, uh, his live stuff, um, you know, the lock and load, and then the one that was very popular at the beginning of the nineties. What was it called? Um, uh, no cure for cancer. Thank you. No cure for cancer. Mm. Uh, and then they did yeah. the film in the and the and uh, the uh, called the Ref in the states but over here i think it was called hostile hostages with um judy davis and kevin spacey where he robs their house and takes them uh, hostage um oh, yeah. but he also did um what was it called uh i think in america it's called monument avenue but over here it was given a very very different title and it was much mm. much more of a gritty drama but again full of lots of people in it uh, Cole Meany, Fa- famke jansen martin sheen Billy Crudup, uh, Ian Hart, and, and a bunch of others um, yeah, about you know Irish immigrants living abroad, and it's you know sort of living in it's sort of gangster territory. Um, yeah, that was really really good. But oh god, what was it? It, was, it had a really basic it's, name. It's called Snitch in noose. the in the US. Noose is, noose is what noose. It was called in the UK. Yeah, and it was Noose on video out here as well, and it's right. really 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 good. Um, mm. One of the later films he did. Yeah, um, but again, sure. It's like 93 minutes long, but it is like watching... He, he was kind of like, you know, like a cheaper version of Scorsese. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when, it, yeah. when you put these sort of dramas together. Um, and it's such a shame that he went uh, when he did. He did that um, that Eddie Murphy um, um, uh, sort of comedy drama life, the prison drama. He did that, I just noticed. I, I, I saw that at the time. I haven't watched it again since. Yeah, the one him with Martin Him and Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that because uh, it, it was uh, the trailers made it out to be just a pure comedy. Then when you watched it, it was actually it was like <laughs> yeah, 50/50. it wasn't. It was, a, it was a lot more drama yeah. than it was comedy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Weird how they do that, isn't it? I remember that. I, I really had that with uh, with. Uh, there was a film. Uh, I think it was called Tiptoes or something. Okay. Uh, and it was a. It was about. It was like. Um, uh, Kate Beckinsale and uh, God, I can't remember who else was in it, was in it, but. Um, but it was like, you know, it, it was totally one of those things where the, the video jacket and the trailers, you thought, oh, this is going to be hilarious. And you got it. And it was this real tragic thing, you know, with a bit of funny in it. It was like, God, that's so weird. It's like completely different to how you think it's going to be. Anyway, there you go. There we go. Uh, but yeah, go. sadly, just a handful of films that he made. But yeah, all pretty much uh, worth checking out. And the last one, I think, being um, Blow. Um uh, which was very good. So, but yeah, thirty nine. What an age to go! Mm. But uh, yeah, there we go. So, uh, but I think this is probably the uh, the best out of the lot. Certainly for me, it is one that I do sort of watch again on a sort of semi regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I'm going to give it a nice, solid, a good, solid seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good, solid seven and a half. If, if I'm, if I'm going to mark it out of ten, um, it's easily a four. But I'm, I'm, I'm think I might even say four and a half. Is it a five? I fuck it. It's a five. I'm, I'm, I don't yeah, have I any was problems just, with this film. <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking that. I was thinking, you know what? If I'm, I think I'm going to give it a five, and uh, yeah. I don't it have has, any problems with it. It has aged well. Um, it, I can yeah. still watch it. And uh, apart from that band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm not yeah. going to dock it, Marks. You know, no, don't, you can't. For him liking yeah. a band that I don't. Um, mm. So, yeah, fine. But yeah, there we go. Five. Five star movie. Here we are. Cool. Right. Well, we're going to leave it at that. And um, Ben and I will be back soon to talk about something else. Something else. <laughs>